Morning, everyone. Now, it's going to take you a couple of minutes to get used to my weird accent, as somebody pointed out earlier. So, uh, why don't you turn to, just so I get myself ready, turn to the person beside you and say you're looking good today. Let's, let's do that now, okay? Uh, the, the, uh, Leon alluded to it that it's uh, uh, my wife, uh, it's, her, it's a big birthday she has. Um, given that I'm a year and a half older than her, could anybody guess what it might be? Be very careful. <laughs> anybody chat it out? What age do you think she is? 40. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, a bit more than 40. She's actually, it's her 60th birthday. I wish I'd have married a younger woman. But she's a, she's a great looking girl. Uh, anyway, we, we had a few days away. It was the 24th. It's called, we call it her birthday month. So she, she was at, she's on the board of Tear Fund and she was at Africa last week, came back last Saturday. And then on Thursday flew out with our four daughters to New York for the weekend. Well, for some, isn't it? It's Hail Zone, New York. <laughs> you, you know. So she's doing really well. Uh, the context of what I'm going to say today, and let me just, uh, I just want to prepare you. I'm going to talk on money. Now, if you, if, you're, if, you, if you don't go to church regularly, you probably think they always want your money. And there's a measure of truth in that. You know, there's, there's not, it's not, that's not all lies. There's something in that. But what I, what I did was, I, I led a, I've led a church, as Leon said, for 30 years. And uh, we bought a building in 1985, 86, and it, it, uh, it cost us 520000 And we borrowed every penny. And interest rates were 17%. That was, what is the definition of insanity? Borrowing money at 17%. That's what we did. And, and what we did was we, we, you know, we remortgaged our houses and we put the money into it. And it was just fantastic. And it's been an incredible blessing. So skip forward 26 years. And what we did is we had a reception my wife and I, when we were passing the leadership on to a group of people who were there at that time, there was only 75 of us. And so we, we, uh, we had a little reception and the, of the 75 who were there 26 years ago, there's still 55 there. And so it was a kind of a thanks for being part of that process. And one of the things I said to them was that we kind of calculated by certain, de- certain means that that group of people, 75 and, f- and the f- leading on to the 55, had given over the past 26 years three million pounds. And so it, it, I, just, I began to think, Lord, why did, that, why did we do that? You know, you know what I mean? Because it's, sometimes it's better to say why before you actually do it. But when you're Irish, you, you go 30 years doing something and you think, why did they do that? It's what Irish people do. Okay, so, so, it's why, so we, we're into the why. So now I want to make it clear that Leon did not ask me, beg me to speak on this today. I suggested it and he came back and said, could you, have some, could you do something else? He, he did really because it's an awkward one when it comes to talking about money. And it's very difficult for somebody who benefits from the, your offerings, etc., uh, to, to talk about it. So sometimes it helps. And, but I feel that, that the Lord put this in my heart. So I want to talk about giving and about money. Before I do, we're going to read from the Bible in the New Testament, Luke's Gospel, chapter 16. And Jesus is speaking and he says this. Jesus told his disciples, listen to this story. There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, 
What's this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The guy's getting fired. The manager says to himself, what shall I do now? My master's taking away my living or my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. So when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he devises a plan. So he called in each one of his master's debtors and he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? Because he's obviously still in charge. <clears throat> and the person says, 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. And the manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, make it four four fifty. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. And he told them, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager. Why? Because he'd acted shrewdly. Then Jesus says, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, it's an emphasis. I'm telling you, listen to this. Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling money, worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, for you, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. And he, heard, and he said to them, you're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. One of the most difficult things to do in life is to, on a, over a long term, to persuade people to do what they don't want to do. And I personally think that in church we need to focus a lot more on the way we do things because it gives us an understanding of our practice. And, and you can browboot people, you can quote Bible verses at them, you can out-argue them, you can try and force them, you can make them feel guilty, you can do all sorts of things. But if their heart isn't in it, then to be honest with you, it's a lost cause. Could I say this? Giving only counts with God when it's an act of worship. In other words, when you say, Lord, in response to what you've done in my life, I, w- I want to give you something, not, not to, to you'll be indebted to me, but because I am indebted to you, I want to show you out of gratitude what I think about you. It's an act of worship. If you give for any other reason, it's charity. Charity's okay. You know, it pays the bills, doesn't it? It puts food in people's tables. But as a Christian, it really got to be a loving response to the goodness of God in our lives. So what I want to do today is to give you um, seven reasons why I give. Number one, now it's quite shallow actually. actually. I like myself better. When I give, I feel better about myself. Do, do, do you get that? See, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the root of the word blessed is happy. And I find you show me a generous person I'll show you somebody who's acted something radiating out of their heart and in their spirit. There's something about, about, uh, uh, about love and ex- there's just something about them. Somebody who's, gen- you show me a mean person, I'll show you somebody who's, who's miserable. And, and so God did something. I got started in this. I, was, I, got, I got converted when I was 16. Uh, and became a Christian. And I left school when I was 16 as well. I just never did a hand's turn. And I quit school and uh, I got a job. My first job was 510 pounds a year. 
and it worked out at £10 a week. And I went to a meeting and I, I spoke to this lady who was, a, who was a brethren missionary in India. And what I did was I, got, I took my first week's wages because I, I thought, I'll do something and it'll get me started. And I put it in an envelope and I sent it off to her in India. She wrote me back this wonderful letter. And she said, she said, Paul, thank you so much for the money. She said, we always teach our Indian believers about giving because why would we deny them the blessing of being a giver? And that's what got me started to a lifelong habit. And, and I, you know, the reality, it's a bad word that describes a good practice. A lifelong habit of giving into God's work and being generous. I, I, I wanna, what I want to do is just at the start to say, look, can I, can I set you a task? Why don't you try that tomorrow? Here's what I do. In, uh, in the south of Ireland, we have toll roads. You know, you pay the barrier, you pay the money, and you go through. What I do is this. I, I drive up the toll road, and I say to the, the girl in the kiosk, would you, uh, I said, I, I want to pay for my friend as well behind, and there's a car right up behind me, so I give them the, the, the double money, and then you go through the barrier, it closes down, and then you stop your car, and, and, you, and you look in your rear, and you see this conversation going on. Your friend paid for you up ahead there. <laughs> and then they go, they, they're going like this here, and you go, and then drive off as fast as you can. Honestly, you feel good all day. You really do. You feel, it really makes you feel good. It just, there's something, just you try. I know there's no toll roads, but you try that. Another one, about, about a year ago, I got a call from Age Concern looking for money. And as I thought, I'm getting a lot older. I need to support this organization. <laughs> this girl, it's got an enlightened self-interest here. And so I said, she said, would you be prepared to give five pounds a month for, five, for, for three years and gift aid it, etc.? And I thought, I, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you the whole three years up front. And she said, I don't think I can do that. I said, oh, believe me, I think you will be able to do it, okay. <laughs> so she took my details and sent, I, sent, I gave the money. Fifteen minutes later, I get a call from her manager. I said, were well, you coerced into giving this money? And I said, I just shows you, people are so unused to generosity. They don't, it's not, it, you know, there are shining examples of others, but it's not there. And when you, something happens to your soul and your spirit, when you act in a generous way, it really does make you feel better. Number two, and it's slightly less shallow, but it's, it benefits me. Hello? You know, so, so I mean, let, let, me, let, me read you, let me read you some verses. Uh, well, let me, I've just read them, Luke 16. Jesus says this, he says, If you've not been trustworthy in handling money, who will trust you with true riches? What are true riches? What, what's he, what, 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 what's the, oh, I, I think he's talking about relationship. I think he's talking about generosity of spirit. I think he's talking about the ability to communicate the grace of God into people's lives. Because if you're mean with money, Jesus says, if if I can't trust you with money, how can I trust you with the grace of God? So there's a correlation between between what you do with your money and your relationship with Jesus. Now, it doesn't doesn't save you. It doesn't make you a Christian or anything like that. But there's a sense in which when you are generous of what God has given you and you you begin to sow it into God's work, it begins to affect your relationship. Because if Jesus is Lord of your life in every area except money, it's going to affect your life. So there's a correlation between your relationship with God and your generosity of spirit. So when you do that, believe me, it enhances your relationship with God. Something happens when you're generous. It enables God to be generous again to you, to enable you to be generous again. 
Jack, my dad, you might think you're wanting to get our money. I, I, I'm not, seriously. I'm, I'm not. But here's, here's, the, here's the real issue. I, I don't want, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I'm not a poverty preacher either. I, I want to be blessed in order that I can be a blessing. I think prosperity is having enough to meet your own needs and enough left over to meet the needs of somebody else. Could we, could we agree on that one? I think number two for me is, the, is the, just what I've said, the promise that God will give you more. There's a, a, it's, not simply, it's not simply you give, but you, Jesus says, give and it, it shall be given unto you. It's in relationship to money. You say, that, that sounds funny, but it's the idea that when God increases you, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 9, you can be generous on every occasion. So you get your own needs supplied in order to meet the needs of other people. And the third reason of how it benefits me is that... Um, which I'm going to talk about this passage. It's very interesting. I don't know if you've ever thought about this particular, this passage, have you? Ever thought about it? Well, let's get the scenario. There's a, there's a man, a rich man, and uh, he's awfully got enough property and goods that he needs a, a steward or a manager to look after it. The manager's siphoning off cash. He gets found out. The boss calls him in and says, you're out of here. The guy, he's getting on. He says, I, I'm struggling. I'm too old to dig. I'm too proud to beg. What will I do? And he hatches this ingenious plan that what he'll do is he must still have some sort of influence or the, or the seal of the, to settle the bill. So he calls in the master's debtors. How much do you owe? You, you heard it. A thousand uh, gallons of olive oil. Tell you what, make it 450. And what he's doing is, of course, he's ensuring that when he's out of a job, he's ensuring that, that these people will be indebted to him and owe him something. So what they do is then, what, what, what he does is, of course, the, as it says, the, 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 the master commends him. Not for his dishonesty, but for his shrewdness. In other words, he used money. While he, while he had the use of money, he used it wisely. And then Jesus says this, and let me then apply it and try to give you a story that might help us. And Jesus says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. What does that mean? Well, suppose you've, you know, you've done what you've done, you've allocated your money, and you get an opportunity to go to a concert. Let's say you too, because they're Irish. And, uh, you know, that's, they're you too, and you go, and you say, and, and, and at the same time, you hear this need of, uh, say it's 100 quid for a concert ticket. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to U2, okay, to get that. I'm just using an illustration. Uh, it, it, so you've got 100 pounds. You go, you go, U2, the Bible Society. U2, the Bible Society. No competition, sure, there's not. Hello. You see, so, so you say, you know, you know something? God says to you, give that money to the Bible Society. And what they do is they, they publish Bibles all over the world for people who don't have Bibles. They, it's one of the best organizations you could give your money to. So, so you give the money away into the Bible Society. You never, you, you know, you never hear another thing about it. And years later, you die. Because that happens to all of us at some stage. And, and the, now this is not what happens exactly, but... Stay with me here, okay? So you, you find, you go up to the, the gates of heaven, okay? All right, you know, poetic license here. You knock the door and a face peeks out and says, okay, Leon, we're going to pick on Leon today, okay? Leon, Leon Evans, let me see. Have we a Leon Evans here? Let me just check. No, so Leon, 
washed in the blood of Jesus, knows the Lord. They fling the doors open and there's a whole crowd standing around and they've got placards and it goes, Leon, we love you. And, and they hoist him up, Leon, up on their shoulders and they march around heaven going, Leon, 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 Leon. And you say, what's happening? You go, well, well, I don't know who these people are. And they say, do you remember when you got the chance to go to a U2 concert and you give them on a scripture gift mission or, or Bible society and, and you go, because you're very old at this stage. Uh, no, I don't. And they say, well, you give, the, you give the money. And Leon, we got the Bibles and we read the Bibles and we came to know Jesus. And because of that, we're here today. So Jesus, so Jesus saying, saying, look, while you have use of your money, deal with it shrewdly. You know, be wise in what you do because there's a day coming when you won't have use of it. And he says, but use it in a way that you can gain friends for yourselves when you're welcomed into eternal dwellings. So one of the reasons why I give is that one day I know that I'm going to go to heaven. Not because of the money that I've given, but because of what Jesus has done. And I know that when I go in, honestly, it's going to be a group of people there. I don't know who they are or where they're from. They're going to hoist me on their shoulders and they're going to march me around heaven and they're going to say, I am going to be your friend for all eternity because that money you gave was given for a Bible and I read it and I came to know Jesus. You know something? If you do this, it will benefit you. I live with one eye in eternity. That there's going to come a day when I want to use the money that God has given me and I want to use it wisely to gain friends for myself and eternal dwellings. So it benefits me. Number three, we get on to better stuff now, okay? It benefits others, as I've just talked about. Obviously, it helps them in terms of uh, scripture, uh, in terms of coming to know God. But I, I, I think I'm trying to understand this whole thing about, about how it benefits us and makes us feel good, but, and also it benefits other people. I think that when you, you're generous, God begins to teach you something about the faithfulness of God. Uh, my uh, wife, years and years ago, was pregnant with one of the girls, and we, we were in business on our own and had just one of those lean times, no money, and at 60p in my pocket, couldn't write a check, couldn't do anything, and uh, she was expecting one of the girls, and she said to me, I'd love some liver for tea. <laughs> I hate liver. So I said, well, you're on your own, girl. And so I said, I'll go around and get it for you. We're around to the local butcher, and I, I knew him well, Stephen. And I said, and he weighed it out, and it was 60p. So, and, and, and I handed him the money, said, it's on the house. And God taught me a lesson, then, and it's this, that, that, that my trust is in the faithfulness of God to supply my needs, not to determine the source of supply. Do you understand? So, so I believe that God is faithful, will meet our needs, not our greeds, but our needs. And in doing that, God then determines where it comes from. And God taught me, Paul, I can make a man who doesn't know me give you 60p worth of liver. Could you trust me now? Could you trust me that the money will come in wherever, I, you know, I will, I will bring it in. You don't need to worry where it's coming from. You just need to know that because of my faithfulness, it will come in. And who God used, God uses that, I think, to teach you about his faithfulness and then to benefit other people because there's something dynamic in that. 2 Corinthians 9, Paul says, you supply the needs of God's people. And that's the way God does it. He, he supplies, you don't, you know, if you need money, I've, I've raised 
seriously, millions of pounds, and and my I don't get nervous, but millions of pounds in my career uh, over the years. And but never once did I pray, and there was a money tree out the back with fifty pound notes on it. You know, it never a suitcase never appeared at my door with brand new notes in it. Somebody wrote a check. That's how it happens. You don't write a check to God. You give it unto God, but you make it out to a designated name, your local church or whatever you you want to do. So God uses you to be a benefit to other people. And sometimes, sometimes he uses you in a, in a very unique way. And, and I learned a lesson. I used to go around preaching with my future father-in-law. We were in the Plymouth Brethren. And we used to go to a little place in Port of Ogie. And every time I'd go and preach, which is fairly regularly, a man, Hugh Coffey, his name was, he would slip three pounds into my hand as we were shaking hands at the door. And I always said, no, I'm not, I, I, no I don't need it. And, and my father-in-law saw me one day and he said, did he offer you money? I said, yeah. He said, well, if anybody ever offers you money, Paul, always take it. So if you offer me money today, I will be taking it, okay? You need to know that, all right? I'm not, no apologies for that one. Definitely taking it. And he said this, he said, because for three reasons. He said, number one, he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So why would you deny them a blessing? He said, number two, he said, you need to let them obey the Holy Spirit. If God has told them to do it, let them be obedient and let them do that. And number three, he said, if you don't need it, pass it on to somebody else. So sometimes when you get the money, it's not always about you. We, we have a girl in our church, uh, she's cerebral palsy, and uh, she came to me not that long ago and she said, Paul, I want to give you, God has told me to give you some money. Well, to be honest with you, in spite of what I've just told you, everything in me wanted to turn it down because you can see the headlines in the Belfast Telegraph. You know, pastor takes money from disabled, disabled parishioner. You know, you can, you can just see it, can't you? You know, con man, here he goes, me with a bag over my head trying to get into church, etc. The camera's flashing. So I said, I said, Karen, I, I, honestly, I can't do it. And she said, she said, she got really angry with me. She said, you need to take this money. God's told me to do it. So I, I took the money, 600 pounds cash. So I, was, I said, what are we going to do with that? And there's a couple of, there's two families in our church who were unemployed, you know, that no work. And I took the money around, gave 300 each to them. So I, I just thought, hey, you know, Lord, this, sometimes that's the way it works. That you, God uses you to be a conduit to bless other people. And, and actually, it, it, it wouldn't have, if nothing else had happened, it wouldn't have mattered. Actually, two weeks later, we were going on holidays. It was near the summer. We were going on holidays. And I got a letter from a member of the church. She said, Paul, just felt God said, I, I wanted to bless you as you and Priscilla go on holiday with the girls. And I want to include a, a check for 600 pounds. Kerchung. You know, it was, a, and you think, wow, what a God. So it benefits other people as you do that. I, I, I do it, and I've done it all these years for this, because Jesus tells me to, which I think is a pretty good reason. Matthew 23, 23 says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. And as far as I'm aware, it's probably the only part, the only 
place in the New Testament where where tithing is actually mentioned. It's not. It's not. It's certainly mentioned in the Old Testament. It was uh, in Genesis. Uh, a principle is established, I think, and then it's enshrined in the law. And then as we move into the New Testament and grace, I think the normal practice of the believers there was to do what they'd always done, which was to continue to give ten percent, and it was to be used for the Levites, the priestly uh, tribe, and 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 for for their upkeep, etc. Now. History would tell us this. I've listened to all the arguments that they mostly didn't do it. They did it in times of revival, but they did not consistently tie the people of Israel. There are benefits attached to it, but there's no penalty. If you read it carefully, there's no penalties really attached to it. You know, in other words, can I say this? If you don't tithe your money to your local church, God won't kill you. You told me not to say that. Leon, you did. You did. So I want to I want to assure you, God won't kill you. Okay. You say, well, what what, what is it? What, what, why is that? I said, because because that's the nature of God. God's full of grace and love, and He keep on loving you and keep on showing you grace and does things in your life. So God doesn't change towards you, but you change. That's what happens. You change. Something in you begins to shrivel. Something in you begins to, I think, curl up. And there's this whole process of going on, of, of wrestling over. And it's not a, actually, people say, why do you talk about money? It's a spiritual issue. It's about saying, Lord, I'm not going to give my life for money in order, to, in order to benefit me alone. Lord, I'm going to give my life to you. I'm not going to chase money. I'm going to let the money chase me. And in doing that, you break the spirit of mammon in your life. If you're struggling about giving and you, you find it really difficult, you don't want to do it, start... I want to challenge you, just start to do it on a regular basis and you'll break something in your life and a spirit of generosity will come upon you. Now, I want to, I want to say something just a little, a little bit more about this uh, tenth uh, of, of your income, etc. Um, and I, I need to acknowledge that if you, if you earn £60,000 a year and you tithe at 6000 you're left with 54000 It's it's reasonably easy to live in 54,000 these days. That's life. If you earn, earn 16,000 pounds and you tithe, if you do the math, you're left with 14,400. I tell you what, it's not that easy to live in 14,400. So it is a percentage, but it's more difficult if you've never done it to start off by taking that out of your... So I, I acknowledge that. And I, I acknowledge that most people actually want to give. And many people want it and churches want to tithe. But they simply say, I can't afford it. Well, here's what I would say. Could you start somewhere? Could, could, you, could, you, could you sow a seed and make a start? Even if, say, even if it was a pound a day, say, you know something? I, I, this is really difficult. I'm going to give a pound and sow a seed into God's word because I'm going to say, Lord, this is what I would like to do. I'd like to change my practice and I'm going to start by giving a pound a week. If you could do that, that would be fantastic. I don't want to, I'm not going to beat you up for not, for not doing that. But I actually what I believe is if you've got a job, and thank God if you do, I believe that you should give into your local church. And I think your offerings should be above and beyond that. If you're not working for whatever reason, you're a student, I'd say, start, give something, give what you can. And, and, and my, my personal preference is that you, those of you who are working, update their giving in light of their pay raises if you got one recently, because often people don't do that. So it's a complex subject, but it's pretty easy. It's about sowing a seed and saying, Lord, I, I, will, I want to do this, and it's difficult. For those of you who have, who have little money, you're thinking electricity bill, 
giving. And I understand that's where some people are at. Could you give something? For those of you who have plenty of money, here's what I found with people who have a lot of money. They don't, it's no hardship to them to give, but what they do is they go, will it be spent wisely? That's the question they ask. What are they going to do with the money? And you've got to work that one out. And I'll, I'll deal with that now at point number five, okay? So point number five is simply this. I believe in the vision of this church and in the integrity of the leadership. So I believe in the vision of this church. People say to me, I support Manchester United. And I, and I say, you, 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 you don't really, because if you did, you'd send them a check every month. You, you really would. So don't, don't, please don't say that you support something if you don't give to it. You may admire it. You may look for its well-being. But the reality is that commitment is spelled M-O-N-E-Y because that, that's the way it works even in the, in the kingdom of God. God is looking for you to be generous in order to achieve what he is. And you say, well, God can do it without my money. Yes, he can. But wh- why, would you, why would you do that? Why would you miss all those benefits? Why, why, would, you, why would you count yourself out? So though there's something in this thing about integrity and uh, the, of the leadership and the vision. Let me just deal with it to them. I, I think if you believe in the vision of this church, and, and I understand your heart is for, I, I think this is a sending church, an apostolic church. It's got something to say not just to your town, but to the region, the West Midlands, and beyond that. And, and I think that's incredible. And if you believe in that vision, I think you need to go, you know something? I am going to give of my substance to support that vision. I believe in that vision. If you don't believe in that vision, could I say to you very kindly, please find a vision that you can get behind and give yourself to it. Because for the rest of your life, you will give yourself to something. The only question is, will it be worthy? And also the second part is, I believe in the integrity of the leadership. I had a meeting uh, with the leaders uh, yesterday, last night, and uh, you know, I looked around the room. And I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, after all these years, I'm pretty sharp at reading the room. I looked around. I thought there's a lot of energy here. There's a, there's a lot. Are they the best looking people? Well, not compared to Hillsong or not. Not compared to Hillsong or not. Anyway, you know, but nobody's as good looking as they are. Let's be honest. You know, are they the smartest people in the world? You know, they're pretty, pretty smartish. Uh, but they're not. You know, do they support the right rugby team, England? No. You know, so they'll be crying their wee eyes out this afternoon. But I looked around, and you know what I thought to myself. Well, what I thought, I thought, integrity. Got a, you've got a group of people who are not doing this for the money. If we're doing it for the money, we'll be doing something else. I, somebody said, accused me of doing it for the money. <laughs> well, let me just tell you a quick one. When I, when I became, you know, paid pastor, I was earning X pounds. It took me 15 years, 15 blessed years. <coughs> blessed years, Lord. <laughs> To, to earn the same as I did. To earn the same as I did. So I, I, I'm not in this for the money. I, I, I'm in it because I, I believed in something. I actually believed in the vision that God had given us. To We're a Christ, let me tell you what it is. I wrote it. We're a Christ-centered community dedicated to impacting Belfast, Ireland, and the nations with the love of, the God, with the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I absolutely believe that with all my heart. And because of that, and because of the integrity of the people that, who spent the money, and I was one of them, I, I, there was so, something there. If you believe in the vision of this church, and you believe in the integrity of the people who, under God, get to spend your money in a wise way, then please, give. Number six, I give to make an example to my kids and the people around me. 
my my girls are I honestly you know they they really are generous and and they look back and they say it's because I know this is a bit legalistic, but, I, but we did it. What we do is we give them pocket money, and then we made them tithe it. Makes probably, yeah, makes the right word. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> Make is the right word. And, uh, and so, and we did, we did. And you know something? I, I've, I, 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 she, she won't hear this here, but this is, this, is, this is what's happened in my... I've got four daughters. Three of them are actively serving God, church, local church. Two of them are church planting. They're doing it. One of them's not. All right, and at the age of twenty-nine, not walking with God in any shape or form, not hostile in any way, she still tithes her money to our church. And you say, why does she do that? Because it's it's ingrained in her to be a generous person. Because I that, that's the truth. And because I, I wanted, and every time she gets a pay raise, she updates. She, can you believe that? I mean, what the the girl's mad, you know? But she does it. She's so generous because I wanted to sow a seed into their life that, that I would sow, I would give a gift that would keep on giving. That I would sow something into their heart that they would become givers as well. And, and so in our church, when it came time for me to speak on this subject, as I did uh, every now and then, because it, you just need, it's a spiritual issue, I would go around our leadership. We didn't check their P60s. Everybody was on their word. But I'd say, look, guys, before, and girls, before I make a fool of myself and get up here and talk about money, could I just go around this room one by one and look in your eye and ask you, are you tithing? Well, what was the point in me preaching about it if we didn't believe in it? So we all practiced it. I do it to give an example. And number five, number 52, number, number seven, I think it is, number seven. There we go. I, I, because, again, with eternity in mind, and with this I almost finish, um, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to the, co- the commendation of Jesus, the one who loves me. So I'm going to go to heaven one day and uh, when they're all finished with like, carrying me around the place, chanting my name wildly, um, I'll have a one-on-one with Jesus. Every one of us shall give an account of ourselves. Not for salvation. That was, that was dealt with 42 years ago. Not, not the, a bitter service. It's the biggest performance review of all time. And Jesus will look you in the eye and he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? Please don't think that it will be it will be. Uh, it will be um, confined to how you, how you went to church or what you did with your gifts. I think it will include the whole of life. And I suppose what I would like to hear, and hey, I don't want to be prescriptive, Lord. You can say it better than I ever could. I'd like to hear maybe something like this. Paul, you worked, you earned you spent in a disciplined, wise way. You saved. You invested wisely. You took what I commanded seriously. And you honored me with your money. Enter into your master's rest. So I give, because I have one eye on eternity. Because I know that one day my master, Jesus, is going to look me in the eye and say, what did you do with what I gave you? We're going to do something now that might make some of you feel a bit uncomfortable, okay? Now, we're not going to hold hands or hug each other, okay? So we're, we're not doing that. We don't, do, we don't go there, all right? We don't go there. What we're going to do is we're going to take an offering. 
They say when you talk on tithing, when you talk on giving, people get uneasy. When you talk on tithing, they get hostile. <laughs> Which is why I keep it late. Um, but we're going we're, we're gonna to take an offering. Now, now, please, before you get panicky and say, I'm not going to do it, every penny will go to feed starving children. Mine. It's a joke. That's a joke, okay? That's a joke. It's actually going to the, the LHF, the Leon Holiday Fund. No, it's not. It's not. No, I, I, the, the money will go into the work of the church and support a worthy cause. You, if people, of, people of integrity, will, you trust. But what, what I want to do is this. And, and I'm not talking about writing a check for £1,000. If you want to do that, it's P-R-E-I-D. Okay, if you, that's okay. What I, what I want to do is, uh, for every single one of us, and I know some of the PA team have already given, but guess what? You get the blessing of giving again. Yes, you do. I'm watching you, okay? And what we're going to do is, I'm going to take an offering. You, it, it, it could be 10p. I, what I want you to do is this. It, it's a kind of a prayer to God and say, Lord, for the rest of my life, and as much as I'm able, I'm going to be a generous person. And I'm going to sow a seed today into God's work. Okay? Now, if you don't want to give, that's okay. But a light will come on and shine on you, all right? <laughs> now, if you have no money, because we, we know, and again, I'm Irish. I know where you live. I know all about you, okay? And we will visit your home, okay? But what we're going to do is, just before you do, don't, don't take it yet. Just hold on a second. Could you get the money out? Now, if you've no money on you, I, I, if you've got a bit, I've actually no money on me. You couldn't give me a quid. Could you, or 10p or something like that? Ask the person beside you and say, could you give me some money? Just everybody gets some money. Okay, 5p, 1p, it doesn't matter, okay? Well, what are, no, no, you take the money. You take the note. No, no, you take the note. <laughs> Is everybody ready? Some people haven't got any money. Could somebody give money to people, poor people over here, please? Young people, you too. Money. You must give money, okay? Got the money. Good. Money. I'm watching now. Give that girl some money because she's broke. She's absolutely broke. Okay. All right. Let's hold the money out like this. And let's pray, okay? Let's... Let's acknowledge a few things. First of all, Lord, we want to thank you that many of us here have got a job. And we're really grateful. Because in days of recession, we could be like our neighbor who doesn't have a job. We're so thankful. Father, thank you you've made us creative beings that we can think of creative ways in order to make money. But we say, Father, job or no job, our trust is based on the faithfulness of God. You determine the means of supply. Father, even this offering, it'll go to somebody at some, someone at some stage and you will meet their need. So we sow into your work, Father. Father, I want to pray for those who don't have a job today. Uh, Father, for those who have been out of work for a long time or maybe just made redundant or whatever. Father, we pray for jobs. Pray for jobs for the West Midlands, Father. Pray the black country would again be a, a place where people have gainful employment. Father, we pray for that. And we pray for those, Father, who are just even, this, even today, really on their uppers, are just going, you know something? I'm like you were 60p to buy a piece of liver. Lord, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. Lord, if there's somebody like that in this meeting today, would you put it on somebody's heart to supernaturally go and bless them? 
Or would you speak to us about blessing others? About allowing our supply to flow through us to touch the lives of other people? And Father, we want to thank you for the vision and integrity of this church. That this money will be wisely spent. Father, would you, would you check us when it isn't? Would you give us wisdom and guidance to treat this, Lord, not as our own money or even money that's been given to us, but as your money? And Lord, help us to use it wisely that while we have use of it, we will do it in a shrewd way that will enable us to gain friends for all eternity. Father, bless this offering today in Jesus' name. Amen. Stewards, let's get going here, okay? Give us the lolly dolly. Come on. Let's get it out there, okay? It's not going, it's not going to me. No. You promised half 50-50. You said 50-50. You did. Okay, come on. Let's give the money in here, okay? If you don't give, I'm going to make you come up the front, okay? How are we doing? Okay, we're nearly there. Leon, why don't you take over? Okay, God bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Paul.